Nuno, we want you to stay. That's the first way I think we can talk about this uh, this game to start with. Yes, ABW, we are back doing a live show. Don't think this is going to happen all the time, though, people, because there's only so many times we can batter Spurs at home. And I am joined by two, well, what can we say, smug guests, and rightly, show, rightly so. Uh, I'm going to introduce Carl first. Carl, how are you feeling? Telling me about your work colleagues. Oh, I am going to, you know, when you walk into work and after a football result has gone your way and you don't say nothing, you just smile. And there's always that standoff of who's going to talk first, you or your colleague. I'll be doing all the talking tomorrow. I can assure you of that. <laughs> Question is, what are you going to start with? Is it going to be against the Spurs fans or the United fans? See, I've got to go Spurs first and I've already lined up emails ready to send uh, so as soon as they're coming to work tomorrow, they'll see the email. So, you know, sometimes, you know, digital warfare is best. Absolutely. And I'm also joined by somebody who, like me, won't be going into any offices tomorrow. Danny, how are you? How are you going to be gloating? I am. I, I gloat by not gloating. It's it's the not gloating that gets them because they're, they're expecting it. They They love to give it. And when you don't give it back, they're sitting there. It's like you, it's like you know there's a murderer outside of a, with a big um, combine harvester who's going to knock your walls down and chop you up into little pieces. And you can hear them. You know they're out there, but you don't know when they're going to come and you can't sleep properly. And it's, uh, yeah, there's quite a few. There's uh, there's Lee, Dirty Scumbag, and then there's, um, who else is the other one? Alex, who I watch on Twitch. Poor Alex. <laughs> Poor, poor Northern Monkey Alex. We all know them, and I'm not saying a thing to them. And that's what oh. gets them, Josh. How about you? I mean, uh, it's too late. I've already texted my mum. Just going, did Spurs know we kicked off at half four? I think that was the best I can do right now. I think that's where we start with as well, because, Carl, what a kind of start. I think all of the energy, that they must have been powered by the hate of Xhaka starting, because... That we were just insane, weren't we? You're muted. Carl. So I'll mute. Um, it's been a while. First, it has. It has. It really has. <laughs> Do you know what? The, the, that I tweeted from the I think the pod account that that reminded me of the fight yesterday. And and Joshua, I do love you, but serves you right for fighting in the Tottenham Stadium. Um, almost from the first bell, from the first whistle, we were at them. You could tell that. I hate you know this little cliches in football or who wanted it more. We definitely did want it more. We definitely, you know, all the 50-50s, we were racing to every loose ball. And I know it's a cliche, but it was brilliant. I mean, yeah, Xhaka starting, was it a surprise? Wasn't it a surprise? I think half of us knew he was going to start. And I think half of us didn't want him to start. We were split between the two. Um, me, I was in both camps. Maybe I didn't want him to start just because... Um, he'd just come back from COVID. He'd been out for three games. I thought that uh, Sambi Nakonga didn't really do much to lose his place in the squad. But sometimes you do maybe need, and I, I can hear Chris Carpenter in the background screaming, like, a little bit of, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Experience, you know, and you know how, we, how he's played in the past. Sometimes you do need Xhaka to come in. And, you know, credit to him today. He played well, but... Like you said, Josh, from minute one, we were definitely the better team. Um, and you could just definitely tell that Spurs are definitely going through something. Not that I care because I, I really couldn't, but I think it was rather how 
well we played rather than how badly Spurs played. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as I say, they didn't really turn up to start, but we didn't make let them turn up either. Danny, do you want to talk us through the first goal as well? Because I think that's, that's where we really sh- showed our dominance. It was just massively quick attacking football. And it, it was almost, I saw that when they get the ball, normally when we, we, we want to do a little bit of attacking and passing, they get the ball and they look around and they go, right, who's around me? All game, it was like they know where the other person is going to be. And the the, the, map, the turn, what's it called? Is it a turnaround? Is it a quick pass? Is, it, is there a phrase for what they were doing? Instantly getting the ball, bang, passing it off to somebody else. Is, is there a word for that apart from magnificent? <laughs> Just one touch football? <laughs> one touch football there you go this is why yeah. Josh is in charge some fantastic one touch football over and over again all the way through the game and fantastic build up play from Saka and then he he passes it across to uh, to Smith Rowe and didn't he almost pass it behind Smith Rowe or was it behind the defender all I remember is uh, Gary Neville screaming going he's put it behind him and then Smith Rowe just gets it and taps it in and I thought I waited I'm still waiting for it to be disallowed. I'm still waiting for all of our goals to be disallowed. And I'm thinking, I was like this, 12 minutes. We can't have scored. We can't have scored already. My God, we're looking fantastic. Something's going to go wrong. Maybe I haven't woken up yet. And then it stayed. And then Smith Rowe did that celebration. And I thought, oh, wow, this, this could be a good game. And it turns out, Josh, it was, it was quite a good game. Have I missed anything on that build-up? Because I, I was like an excited kitten. I wasn't no, quite sure what I was, was going on. I was shocked as well. Just the dominance we had and the fact that we've seen dominance like that against, you know, Norwich, Burnley, and we just not scored from it. And you know, as you say, the ball went behind a Bamiyang, but it was like Saka knew. He knew at that point. Smith Rowe coming in. And Carl, should we just bang straight into the second one? Because it was, you know, just we hit them with a couple of quick punches, really. Yeah, I don't think they were um, ready for us whatsoever. I think on the first, just touching the first goal, what made it even better um, is that it went through Dyer's legs. I can't see. You know, when you know, in every single team, there's one player that you really hate. For me, it's Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer is that one in the... I mean, I hate the whole Spurs team. Don't get it wrong. I, can't, I really, really don't like them. But Eric Dyer, for me, is that one that really just... You know, I just you just want to beat up, and I don't know why. Like even people say Harry Kane, but whatever. But yeah, the the, the second goal um, for me it was classic Arsenal. Does that does that make sense? Like it just reminds me of Arsenal of old, um, and I wish that we could sort of do that more often. You know, catch teams unawares because. I was wondering if almost like the, the build up play for me was just absolutely brilliant. I mean, wasn't it? I want to say it was a turnover from Jack, was that the third goal? No, it was the third goal, wasn't it? Third goal, yeah, I think so. Um, it was vintage, vintage Arsenal, yeah. The, the, the passing, the moving, like you said, it was almost a carbon copy of the first goal, like the one touch play. Um, for me. We need to see more of that. We need to we need to go into uh, Arsenal games and just see actually more of that. How come we only just it, started doing it now? Where's where's this come from? So so I hear what you're saying, Danny, but I'm not making excuses. But this is the first time we've had our quote unquote 
first eleven available. Yeah, and true. this team, this team is going to be the team that played today is definitely going to be our first eleven. It's going to be the team mm. that should kind of see us through to the season. So maybe <laughs> I'm going to again. I can see mm. one of Chris Carpenter's in my head turning over. <laughs> Trusting the process. Like, do you know what? Maybe we should have all along. We should have trusted the process, but. You know, there's no doubt that Spurs were uh, a poor team, but, you know, this is the first time we've actually had the first team um, available. We literally have had um, a team that they're getting to know each other now. They're just getting to know each other. But anyways, Josh, I'm really sorry. You did ask them about the, um, the second goal. So um, the build-up is Granit Xhaka. They, they say it was a foul. It wasn't a foul at all. There was no foul in the build-up play. Uh, he plays it forward and I think Aubameyang does a one touch over to Smith-Rowe. Smith-Rowe um, races through, cuts it back to... Aubameyang again. Aubameyang just hits it into the bottom corner. And even that wasn't an easy strike because the ball was bobbling up and it was, mm. he had to sort of break his stride to get into, to sort of hit the ball first time, mm. which for me, brilliant. It almost, almost reminded me of, remember the 4-2 game last season where mm. um, he hit the ball first time, no, not last season, season before, and he hit the ball into um, the net, which was absolutely brilliant. But I don't know, Josh, do you think it was a foul in the build? I mean, obviously taking your Arsenal team to glasses off. Uh, no, I think it was a something that was kind of being they were looking for, really more than anything. That's kind Gary of what Neville I saw. Gary Neville was obsessed as. by it, wasn't he? He kept saying I, over and over, it was a foul. I mean, Gary Neville Gary was obsessed ne- by Arsenal. We live rent free in his head. Uh, I think he was li- about being there and the fact we were two now up smashing the. Uh, they were so disappointed. Thing. I agree oh. with you. The commentary was so biased, like really, really biased. And I know every team may say that, but it almost like even we were three new up and Gary Neville still kept saying, well, oh, one more goal could change this. I mean, <laughs> I know Arsenal are bad, but flipping hell, like, and it's almost like I'll put it in the group. Like, as soon as we scored the first goal, both Martin Tyler mm-hmm. and this isn't how we want to spend our Sunday afternoon watching 100%. Arsenal playing um, what was that phrase you used Josh that I couldn't remember one touch free flowing yeah. one touch attacking smothering football where they, they couldn't get they couldn't get anywhere near us and over and over again and, and like they, they said in one part Josh they said we've laid the Arsenal have laid a trap and Spurs have fallen in that trap again didn't they yeah, we we had them on toast all of that first half. It was, I think, the work that Arteta had done, obviously, in the training ground. And I think a lot of uh, credit has to go to the home fans as well. From our perspective, we could hear it, uh, you know, coming through the TV, the atmosphere that was there. Obviously, we've got a couple of ABW members that were there, and I'm sure we'll try and get Femi on this week as well, just to talk through how... Uh, the atmosphere actually felt being there in the stadium, but it was all of that kind of driving the team. And it was just, we just had ruined them. And it was great. And to be honest, I think we can go into the uh, talking about top, uh, or talking about the third goal. But I think there was an opportunity there where we could have hit them for six or seven. And I've just seen a uh, message from Cyanvesh that reminds me about another bit of commentary as well, which was, uh, can anyone remember the last time we capitalised when other top six teams lost? I remember Gary Neville and uh, Martin Tyler going, 
well, you know, it's more of a top four now. Yeah. These teams aren't and in the top six the anymore. And we're going, well, well, one of us isn't. We'll put yeah, it that they way. Said, yeah. yeah, they said two of the top six have dropped out. It's more like a top four. I thought, yeah. I suppose I've never been in top six. Say yeah. better aren't even <laughs> playing today. Of all of that, that makes me laugh, the top six was yeah. made up by Sky. Yeah. when Liverpool and Man United dropped out of the top four. Mm. So all of a sudden now, now Liverpool and Manchester United are firmly in the top four because they are. Like, all of a sudden now, it's a top four rather than the top six. It's just, the biasness is just absolutely ridiculous. And well, it, it should be. When we were out there, it was it was the big six, the big four. And now it's just the top four because the, the, we all know Man City aren't a big club. <laughs> and Chelsea, well, they're just, they're just a club in flux at the moment. Yeah, Chelsea and Man City don't really count, do they? Uh, no. so it's just, is it maybe Liverpool? But then Liverpool haven't been a proper club for ages. So maybe it's just Arsenal and Man United. It's just the top two. I think if you ask people from around the world, that's what people would probably say. Because yeah. that's true. Historically, financially, stadium-wise, Premier League-wise, there's only two teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can go, Danny, into the third goal as well. Uh, so this is Saka's goal. I don't remember it. I was too busy. The Kane, the Kane assist. The Kane assist. So I want that, that on a. I want that on a t-shirt. It has <laughs> to be. It has to be. Um, so what did the, Harry Kane lost it on the edge of his box, and it was recovered, and we played it forward brilliantly. And what made me yes. laugh is that Harry Kane tried his best to get back, couldn't get back. He tried to do a slide tackle where, what's, if he had taken Saka out, it would have been a penalty, hundred percent. So he's played it, he played it forward and Saka just carried on running and hit the ball sort of out of reach um, of Loris and couldn't do it. It's, what, what is even better is the Kane assist because it has to go there. I mean, obviously he won't get credit with the assist, but <laughs> it is funny. It is absolutely hilarious. Like without his intervention, Saka would not have been in the position to have a shot. No way. So it is, you know almost com- karma because the amount of time that they, they went on about, um, oh, Harry Kane's got so many goals in North London Derby, top North London Derby scorer, blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, it's uh, poverty justice, I believe they call it. Yeah, I think especially as we miss the fact that Kane turned it over in the first instance, got all the way back and then just to assist Saka <laughs> as well. It's, <laughs> oh, it's just absolute poetry. And I think, yeah, just as soon as we've done that, I was like, this could be four or five because Spurs were just not there at all. Um, and then I suppose we go into the second half, which... It was good to see that we yeah. didn't take... I hate using football cliches, but we didn't... Not take your foot off the So we didn't stop playing the way we were playing. I don't like cliches. That we carried on doing it, carried on forcing the play, attacking, attacking, breaking up play. That Tommy Ashu was fantastic. Uh, I, at no point in this game did I think, oh... Uh, when Ramsdale, when the ball went near Ramsdale, and Sean's mum was here, she just brought us over McDonald's, and she said, "Well, why are we doing so well?" I said, "Little things like when Leno plays, when we play it out from the back, they have to get about six foot away from Leno. Any further than that, he can't do it." Ramsdale is getting it, and they're nearly they're a third of the way up the pitch, and he's doing pinpoint passes to them. And then when they are, when people are attacking him, I'm not worrying, thinking, "Oh God, we're going to have a nightmare. Someone's going to mess this up." The seaside Mustafi. Was brilliant bringing the ball out of midfield. I was watching the pivot in midfield of, of Xhaka and and Tom and Party. Did I say Thomas? That's what I'm on the back of his shirt. Just those two trying to figure out what role they were doing, Josh. But they were both doing the same job, weren't they? Yeah, and I think that's a, yes. on, uh, <laughs> that's a great point on. That's a great point on. 
Ben White as well, because I forgot. I've got to stand him at all times. You know, ex-Brighton, I've got to big him up. Uh, I think that tackle in the first five minutes where he just comes clean through, I think it's I think it's on Kane. It might be on Son. Let him completely there. wipes him out, wins the ball, gets up, plays a decent pass, and we just started going from there. And I think, yeah, Avon uh, has made a great point. We must mention Martin Odegaard as well and that performance in the first half. Brilliant. There just seems to be something about him and Smith Rowe together. Just them moving in tandem was just superb. And Carl, yeah. Do you think what it's because? Do you, sorry, just to quit. Do you think with them two playing, do you think oppositions don't know who to pick up because mm-hmm. of the movement so far? They think, okay, should we go to Odegaard? And then you've got Smith Rowe running in, and then they think, oh, should we go to Smith Rowe? And you've got Odegaard and his movement and his. Like the skills they can do, so it's really hard for the opposition players to think about who to play out, um, who to step out of position. So if you got centre back, that's going to push up a little bit, and then you're thinking, okay, if I push up, the rest are going to push up, and then you've got Smith Rowe that's going to just drag your other centre back out of position. So that leaves a lot of space in behind. Yeah, and you have because Tierney's obviously always going to be coming up the left flank. Smith Rowe can drop into number ten means Odegaard can just flow around, float around, do what he was doing in that first half and say pressing people, getting the ball, just laying simple passes, playing technical passes as well. It was, it was just great movement from everybody. And I think because they were so hung up on Saka as well as they would be, it was just amazing just to see that kind of interplay. And as we'll probably mention, and we'll look back to this game, I think many times this season I'm going where is this Arsenal that we've seen in this game? Why haven't we seen them in other games? Um, Look but at yeah, this from K-Man. See the way yeah. Arteta was celebrating. Mm. Every single one of our players not only seemed on there having a fantastic day, but they all got it. Well, meanwhile, some of the Spurs players, Harry Kane especially, couldn't be bothered. Did you see that stat um, partway through the game? The least number of touches, Harry Kane had had two. Uh, after I mean, maybe yeah. 20 minutes, 25 yeah. minutes. And like K-Man says, it's, you could just see every single one of them was up for it. If this feels like you, you've just been to the best party in, in, you've been to in years and we're going to come down with a bump and I just, oh, I'm not looking forward to that, Josh. But do you think that because Arteta has played in the North London derby, yeah. he's drummed it into their players? I mean, yep. um, Nunu obviously you know, just <laughs> come from Wolves. And I'm not saying he doesn't get it because obviously he's a manager of Tottenham so he knows that he has to win against Arsenal but uh, you know Arteta's played it he's lived it so you know he's drummed it into sort of the players what it means to the fans and that was obviously all these new all these new players that have come into the squad probably all week he's probably saying look this is probably going to be the biggest game of the season Tottenham home I mean like Danny you always say um, you look for two games at the start of the season, Tottenham home and Tottenham away. Like yep. me, it's the Tottenham games and the Man United games. Those are the games that I look for straight away because those are the teams I grew up hinting, you know, Tottenham and Man United. So, you know, hopefully that Arteta would have drummed it into the players to how much this actually means, not just to not just the result, not just to like, the club, but also the fans as well because, you know, I'm not going to be negative, but if we, had, if we didn't have a positive result today, you know, what position or what situation would we have been in? But, you know, I'm happy that we did get the correct result today. 
Yeah, and as you mentioned, as well as Arteta knowing about it, I think it's one thing we need to push in because it's one of those things that you know, it almost goes overlooked is the fact of we do have Arsenal DNA throughout the club as well. You know, Edu's played in North London derbies. Murtasak has played in North London derbies. There's plenty of people around the training ground that can drum into these players what it means to play in a North London derby. And that's what we saw. I think the energy from there, the energy from the crowd, it was just too much for them. And you could see that in the first, you know, second half. Spurs have to make two changes. You know, Smith Rowe's completely destroyed Tanganga after he's come back from the uh, thing. And uh, old uh, Deli Belly has been uh, subbed off as well. It was, it was hilarious seeing him oh. being so shit. But like Rudy Rastos here says, uh, I never get his name right, just Rudy. He says, uh, th- if this is Arteta ball, then I need more of it. Is this Arteta ball? Is this the, 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 the plan? Is this what he wants? Is this what we're going to see more of? I hope hopefully, so. <laughs> like, you know, me and Josh are the same. Like, I yeah. definitely hope so. I mean, and again, as well, Josh, don't you think that you, and we've mentioned this already, it really does make a difference, the fact that we have our full squad fit and available. Mm. Um, it's not going to happen every single game this season. It can't happen, and, and that's understandable. But it does make a difference, Josh, don't you think, that having our full squad available and also fit? Yeah, it was huge. I think it was when we were talking, you know, before the game in terms of pods leading up to this and in our WhatsApp groups was if Jacker does come in into the midfield, it's not too bad. But you know what? We would we'd be happy with Sambi. He's not the only option to be coming into that midfield. Sambi, we'd be like we'd happy if he played there. Some people might be happy if Smith Rowe played there. Uh Maitland-Niles, another option as well. I think that's the big thing that we kind of seen is just, sorry, we're happy to see players, you know, any of these players come in. Uh, and I think that's the big thing that we've seen is just, as you say, Pepe didn't play today, but we didn't miss him, to be honest. Uh, and I don't know if anybody else feels that way, that I know, you know, Pepe won't play every game and I think he should. Uh, and great chat from Joshua well, Page as well. Like this. Sorry, because his head his head drops really quickly. If he, things don't start going his way, mm. then uh, it, it, it doesn't look like he, he can be easily bullied out of the game. And we didn't need that today. We needed people that are full of passion. Mm. And I have thought that this isn't the kind of game. If the pressure's on, um, Pepe doesn't do it, and these lot would, would have just spent the entire game kicking him. I think what we wanted was basically three diminutive playmakers. In behind Aubameyang, because we just screw Spurs around. We know they want to be very rigid. You know, Nuno managed to uh, win two games, one of them very fortunately yeah, against us last that. season for Wolves. Um, oh, well, I think I it mean, might be something City to do one. with the referee. Um, no, I'm talking about Wolves last yeah. season when they beat us with, uh, you know, David Luiz red card was one of those oh, games. Yeah. Oh, the glory uh, days. The glory days of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when we had players we couldn't count on. Uh, I think that was one of the things that we just kind of seen from here was that he knew what we needed to do. They were kind of probably expecting Pepe to play. Let's just get players who are just going to be going everywhere. They can't do any of that man marking. Tommy Asu, as we say, was incredible going forward and defensively. He, until they brought on Gill in the second half and moved Son away from Tommy Asu, Son did nothing for Spurs. 
at all because Tommy Oster just had him pocketed. And his, um, his partnership with Saka looked like they've been playing together forever. Not so much down with, with Smith-Rowe and Tierney. Mm-hmm. I still think Tierney's slightly off of his game. But the, the way that they were doing the one-touch and, and passing and then setting each other up, playing it back in again, and everybody knew where to go. And we didn't rely on endless mm-hmm. crosses to nowhere. There were lots of drag backs put back into the box. In fact, walk into the box. I honestly thought at some point we were going to get a penalty. But look at this quote from... Um, from Rudy, from um, wow. Rudy's put in from ESR. Yeah, so from Smith Rowe, it's probably the best day of my life. I've always dreamt of this day to score for Arsenal against Tottenham. My family are here as well. It's just the best feeling ever. And I think that's what we kind of want to hear as well in terms of from the players that have come through. Um, yeah, Smith Rowe has said that over the summer that he needed to add goals to his game as well. And I think adding them against... Uh, Add them against Spurs, we're going to be more than happy because that's going to write you into the, uh, you know, at least cult hero status. And if you keep doing it, you'll eventually land as a legend. And Carl, what did you think of the second half as well? Because it, it seemed like we weathered a storm for most of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can talk about the penalty, the Kane penalty now. I mean, again, without my Arsenal tinted glasses on, it was a penalty. You know, um, as Danny calls him, you see Simon Mustafi kind of went in on Kane. That's not mine. (laughs) But you call him that, so I'm saying that it is you, but it was a penalty because if that was at the other end, I would be screaming blue murder. Unfortunately, he he missed the ball. Uh, He did get the man and it was in the box. So, you know, if I'm honest, I don't know how... I'm really shocked that VR did not look at that and overturn it. And then it was, was really funny that we went at the other end and, you know, we almost could have had a penalty ourselves. Um, it's just that way the game went. And sometimes you need the luck of the green. You need, you know, today went for us um, a penalty uh, VAR appeal. Next game, it probably won't. You know what I mean? It, it, I, I'm a true believer of these these things even out uh, throughout the season. Manchester United, we get um, loads and loads and loads of penalties. But, you know, the second half, I think uh, in the beginning of the first, sort of the first half of the second half, we played well. You know, you would have thought that Tottenham would have come out and sort of put up a little bit more of a fight, and they didn't. They were still allowing us to run out there. They were still allowing us to do our free-flowing, one-touch football. And, you know, there wasn't any threat at all. And like you said, until Gil came on, Sun wasn't a friend. Sun was one of the people that I think is... a I suppose a Tottenham player, I do think, is a very good player, but you know he wasn't threatening us at all. Tommy Asu had him like literally um, in his pocket the whole game, like you mentioned, Josh. But I think as the half went on, I think Tottenham did start to grow into the game because um, they did put another man in midfield or sort of a defensive-minded um, midfielder in in midfield, and that's what sort of they kind of controlled that little midfield bit just for a little bit of the game. And because we couldn't attack much more, we kept getting deep, <coughs> sorry, we kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper and it kind of um, allowed Tottenham to come on to us. And, you know, unfortunately we, we conceded the one goal and, you know, it's one of these things, but shout out to Ramsdale as well, because Ramsdale made mm-hmm. so like two really good saves the one from Lucas Mora where he tipped it onto the um onto the crossbar. 
and that was brilliant. And I hate thinking this, but in my mind, I thought to myself, if Leno wasn't goal, do we concede that? And I, and I hate thinking like that. I really do because I shouldn't really, you know, well, always be comparing like away, that. wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, but I, I was, you know, I, I didn't like to think that. But I think I genuinely think if Leno's in goal, that's a goal. We concede that. And there was another save from Kane where he got down to his, um, I think, to his left hand side, and Tomiyasu kicked it away for a corner. And, you know, Ramsdale, everyone had their, including myself, had their sort of <sighs> feelings about Ramsdale signing him. But, you know, three games, no, four games he's played, isn't he? One goal conceded. Can't complain at all, can you? No. Absolutely not. And I think there's another player that we haven't yet given enough credit to as well. And that was our striker, Abamyang, because I don't know, Danny, would you say that looks like he's almost recovered from the malaria, COVID, everything that he's had going on, you know, for the last couple of seasons since he signed that contract, really. And he looked like a, the old Abamyang today. I think there's a few things you've got to take into consideration. The fact that we are playing slightly different football a lot of it is that he's not playing out on the left mm. and trying to play with a, with another striker in the middle. That obviously wasn't working. That's not his game. And then I think the other really important thing is uh, is, is, is illness and, and the COVID. And he's had, oh dear, coffee gives me the hiccups. He's had no end of bad luck with injuries and, and illnesses and other things like that. But he does look like it. And I, th I think the other really important thing is we weren't creating chances last season. We saw against Norwich where we created, what was it, 30 chances. And I said on the show after that, we've got we've got the defence in place. We've now got the creative midfield with Odegaard coming in. Who I, I know people were brilliant today. I'd give my man of the match to Odegaard because he was pulling the strings for 90 minutes. 95 minutes and then so now you, you you're supplying him you know feed the goat and the goat will score although it's not sean goat but you know what i mean <laughs> i think that's the really is there anything i've missed josh no i don't think so and I, i'd say just to carl i'd ask him would you give the uh man of the match to Aubameyang purely for the homage to the uh omri celebration because <laughs> he's his child it was brilliant wasn't it any news in the crowd and i loved <laughs> i love that and that's the sort of stuff i want to see I want to see Abamian smile. I want to see those teeth. Um, it was brilliant. But I understand what Danny's saying, but I do think Emil Smith-Rowe did deserve the man of the match today just because he was pulling players left, right and centre. And we've got to remember that as Emil Smith-Rowe is only, what, 20, 21? He, he's young and he's got his career ahead of him and hopefully he's only going to get better with Arsenal. You know, I feel that, like Josh mentioned, and like he can form, I think, a really good partnership with Odegaard. You know, you don't really see, like, two attacking midfielders forming a partnership anywhere. It's normally over one box-to-box -box and one attacker. Or, um, you never really see two attacking players forming a really good partnership unless they're strikers. And I think that in time to come, those two can really form a great partnership and get us up the table and, you know, get us winning games. Yeah, and I think we could we could probably talk about the goal we conceded, but I I think more we'll talk about something that happened in the build up uh, with Partey tackling Lucas Moira and Moira going into Jacker's knee and him subsequently having to go off because of that. What did you feel of Jacker's performance, Danny? Because obviously he came in for a lot of criticism when he was starting, but then doesn't he always? As usual, I mentioned Drew. 
Drew, who used to be part of ABW, he's, he's a wonderful blogger. He knows so much about football. And I tweeted yesterday that I'm not sure Xhaka should just come straight back into the, into a winning team. And he said, but when Xhaka plays with party, he's a, he's a really good player. And I thought I'll just reply to Josh, I mean, to uh, Drew, you're right, because he is. Because when you've got um, Xhaka in midfield, he's having to do get the ball from the defenders, pass it around, break up play, and then bring forward. Uh, much like when Sanchez was with us, Sanchez used to go and get the ball off the goalkeeper and then try and do it all himself because there was no one else to do it for him because all of our best players, like Ramsey and Santi, were always injured. But then when you've got Xhaka playing in the middle next to party, it's like having two parents rather than one. They both share the load of, of washing up and taking the dog for a walk and cleaning up sick. They both do it. And I was watching that because, you know, when you go to a game, you don't watch the camera angle. You watch other stuff that's going on. So I spent quite a bit of the first half looking at people's positions and where they were going and what they were doing. And they were both doing the same job. They were both going and getting the ball. They were both breaking up play. They were both passing it off. I mean, I don't think that Xhaka can do the, from his own half, a ball half the length of the field to the to the pinpoint in front of Aubameyang as he's running at goal. Um, I don't think he's quite of that level. So then you see there that when it comes to the more detailed, intricate passing, that's the bit that, that um, party... Because oh, he's got Thomas on his shirt, and I'm going to say party, so I'm going <laughs> to... Thomas Party, that's the easier way to do it. It's just brilliant. And then it just takes the load off. And it, when you take the pressure off of him to have to do everything, he can concentrate on doing other things better. And that's what he did. And when I saw that, that when he landed, I thought, how's he gone down? Why is Mora leaning on him? And then you saw the replay and you went, oh, you could run Xhaka over with a tank and he'd get up and go, but a mere flesh wound. You look at that and if Xhaka's down, you know something bad has happened, but... I thought the partnership between those two in midfield, like Drew said it was going to be, was was really, really good. You've got experience as well. Mm. And it's just yeah. it was it was a joy to see it most of the game. Yeah, and I think that was the kind of performance that we'd like to see from Granite Jack, because we know we've got it in his locker. And shout out to the uh, chat box uh who's there at the moment. Let us know who you think man of the match should have been from that game as well. Cause I think I've seen a few suggestions in there. I've seen Odegaard, ESR. Uh, I haven't seen anything for Saka yet, but yeah, I just wonder. Uh, I saw one for Tommy Arsu as well. I think it's a great shout. He was, he was brilliant today, and I think mm. it's so good how he's a natural. He's just come straight into the squad, and you think they can play him in the squad for ages. You know, even the partnership between him and Ben White is really, really getting mm. better and, and really growing. Um, you know, I think today it showed almost 20 million was almost a steal for him um, because he's going to be a player that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to besmirch um, Bellerin's name because Bellerin did well for us, but, you know, he, he had his injury and he didn't come back the same. You know, there's, there's no doubt Bellerin didn't come back the same, but he looks at present right now an upgrade on Bellerin, which is what we needed. You know, it's all about having pieces of a jigsaw puzzle and trying to fit them in. And it seems like Tom Yasu is, has you know, got into that right-back spot. Absolutely brilliant today. And hopefully, he, you know, he can kick on from this and, you know, lead us, like I keep saying, like lead us into more wins, into like more games. It's going to be tougher tests. You know, this, we've got to be honest, Tottenham wasn't at their best today. And, you know, we beat them quite easily, I would say. But tougher tests will come. You know, there's going to be a, a game when he's going to have to play against Ronaldo when we played Manchester United. There's going to be uh, another time where he is going to have to play Man City again or 
tricky little wingers um, against Aston Villa when we play them and also when we play Brighton next week, you know, which we'll talk about probably on the pod later, but, uh, sorry, in a week. But, you know, there's different games where he's going to have to adjust his game as well. And at the moment, he just looks absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and I think the one thing I saw from uh, Simon Collins was when we were talking about right-backs of Arsenal yesteryear, he's drawn comparisons with Bakary Sanya to uh, to Tommy Arsu and his performances. I think that's right there, just a dependable right-back. I think he didn't do anything outstanding today, but he was solid and he kept his man from doing anything. Um I think in terms of what we can talk about the rest of the game as well, the rest of that second half, we saw, uh, you know, everybody going down with cramp, uh, saw Sambi come on, saw Nuno Torres come on, and uh, Maitland-Niles as well. And Danny, how did you feel seeing those players coming on, uh, you know, kind of shutting up shop, uh, giving some young players experiences of the uh, North London derby? It's really good to see that. I mean, as Sam Lukonga was coming on already, he was really warming up. So we knew Xhaka was going to come off. He's been out for the last three games and he'd had a good game. And sometimes, you know, you just got to pull out while you're ahead. Otherwise, uh, yeah, you don't want to ruin it. But I was hoping that Xhaka would maybe go and clatter someone, like go and put an elbow in 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 um, in uh, Kane's face or, or stand or break Son or something like that, just to top the, the North London derby <laughs> off even better. Saka, well, he did, um, didn't he? Like, he? He dragged someone down and I was like, uh, It was, Shaka. he caught Ndombele in the face with a palm. So I think it was just yeah, before. They kept falling down though, didn't they? Yeah. And you see the replay, like I think it was, um, oh, what was it? Reglion? I think it might have been him, yeah. where it, it, um, one of our players had put there, I think it was Tommy Ashley, put his hand into his chest as he was running and they grabbed his face and said his head had come off or some bullshit. But yeah, <laughs> with the best of the subs, Maitland-Niles, so glad to see that Maitland-Niles has settled down and he's going to be part, oh, he's going to be part of the Arsenal team going forward because he's he's the one of the original Hayland boys that has come through him and Willock and they've been playing for Arsenal now for three or four years until Willock left and he's one of the ones that the others will probably look up to and go well look it's working and he's so dependable and he can play almost in any position other than in goal I reckon he could do all of them and then seeing Tavares come on uh, was good because going to get a few minutes like you said a taste in the North London derby and they got stuck in straight away which is also nice to see that they must have been um, uh a little bit done up for the uh, excited, riled up is the word I'm looking for, for this game where they could see all the flying tackles were going in and it's getting a bit scrappy near the end. And they're going, oh, come on, let me get on there. I want to go and hurt someone and get away with it. But it's just the players that we took off were replaced by players that that you think, you're not thinking, oh no, here we go. We're bringing on some Muppet that is going gonna, is gonna to let us down and could cause the game to go. I never thought they were going to come back at three, even at three one. I thought, no, they're not mm. going to go anywhere from here. But just good man management again from Arteta. I think he needs to take a lot of credit today from the lineup that he's done and that he didn't say to them like Emery used to one nil, shut up shop, don't no more. He didn't. He said keep going. And we could have. I mean, looking at the shots on the shots here, we had twelve, and mm. uh, if I drop that down, seven on target. That's just, mm. and we only had forty six percent possession. Fantastic. We didn't even have the highest pass success rate. Ours was 82, theirs was 85. So, just so many, so many fantastic things from this today. Makes me happy, Josh. 
Yeah, uh, I think we're all absolutely excited because we haven't seen a performance like that since I would probably say what the cup final, maybe it's probably yeah. since then uh, to see that kind of uh, you know kind of exciting football from us. Uh, I mean, cup. quit while you're ahead, not pull out while you're ahead. <laughs> just sorts of John Welsh all over again. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. John's getting drunk somewhere. Bless him. <laughs> He is indeed. Um, should we go into questions as well from the chat bot? Yes, uh, if you lot put in there and uh, put, the, put a queue, then I shall cut and paste them in there. Is, are you asking the questions, Carl? Oh, okay. Uh, Josh is his host, and I'm pressing buttons. <laughs> Badly. Correct. Um, Joshua Page, and this is going to go to his namesake, Joshua. Uh, so who's going to be the Deli Alley of all or nothing for us? <laughs> oh, I don't hate any of our players right now. Um, so I can't think of anybody. I, I don't even hate Kolasinic anymore. I mean, it's the, really the worm has turned. There's not, there's, there's no one in this squad that I think, oh, I hate you. You know, even Jacka couldn't stop that from me right now. Um, you're full of love. Yeah, I'm full of love for everybody. So I don't think anybody could be the Delhi Alley of uh, all or nothing for us. I think we might have a Danny Rose. I'd like to see uh, Kalasnich asking if AC Milan are in for him again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. Oh, I didn't put our things up, did I? In the settings. We've all gone and we've all probably gone and put something. Uh, where is it? It's in brand. Hold on. Hold on. What have we put? Hey, Carl's uh, got North London in his red. I've got Forever in Our Shadows and Josh has got Josh. You've let us down, so Josh. Ever, so ever the YouTube just gone blank. What does it mean? What? It says live. It's probably you, Carl. Probably your dodgy. Oh, okay. oh yeah, my, my YouTube stopped as well. Just refresh the page. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Danny, uh, 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 Don't okay, excuse Josh. me of stuff. We've all been nice yeah, to each other today. That. We're going to end yeah. this by saying we've all got to say something nice to Chris Bud for the, at the end of the show. So, Danny, why the fuck have you got a Christmas mug? Because it's fucking huge and you get some <laughs> Tassimo coffees in it and I like it. It's nearly Christmas, Josh. Uh, Shut no. up, bro. Anyway, Chris, Danny, this question is for you from uh, Avon Ted. This is a question for Danny. How are you performing against your prediction spreadsheet? Shut up, Avon, you, you big minge. <laughs> <clears throat> Does anybody want to see my predictions thing? Oh, I'm, go not on, take, I'm not going to take it down because it's uh, it's embarrassing but sometimes we live to be embarrassed so I'm going to go here and I'm going to go share screen uh, share screen and then hopefully not open the wrong one uh, there we go with all my flag wankery in there I put Arteta fired after 10 games <laughs> but I said we'd uh, draw with Brentford and lose to Man City and Chelsea well I was only one point out there Said we beat Norwich, we did, but draw against Burnley when we beat them and lose against Spurs. So I'm not a million miles out, am I? But well, yeah, I'm glad you are. to be shut up. I'm I'm glad to be wrong, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> me too, <laughs> Danny. Me, me too. I'm happy that you're wrong as well because um Josh, question for you, uh, just off yeah. the off. Do you think that the feel good factor is back with Arsenal? Uh, until goodness. until next week, <laughs> till next week. Uh, oh no, yeah. fucking do it. No, yeah, no. I think there is a uh, there is a strong good feeling here, and I think yeah, it's all kind of positive vibes. This isn't just you know what we've got a new man, and this is a team that we can all get behind. 
you see how pumped the Emirates was. You can see the type of football that we're able to play. And I think it's just got to be that. We've got to try and get uh, more of this exciting football out into the open and see it on the pitch, really. Um, that's the huge one for me. Um, yeah, so I think this feel-good factor can do us for another couple of uh, games. I think it could be the start of a good run. Um, Don't jinx it. That way. it. We've, got a, we've got a quote there, Josh. Oh, we've got another quote from Rudy Rastos uh, in our reporter on Twitter for Arteta on Aubameyang. I'm really happy with the performance today, the performance against Burnley and what he is doing. When he is getting criticised and we ask him to do more, he always puts his head down. I mean, he's certainly one for putting his head down when things aren't going right. Um, Don't ruin it. (laughs) I tried not to. Sorry, back to you, Carl. (laughs) All right. Um, this question is from Peter Carlson, and I will have Danny, who can do this one. Um, we started with four summer signings and ended with all six who looked excellent. Can we actually applaud Edu and staff for a job well done? Yeah, because we've done deals like Willock out for 25 million and um, Odegaard in for 30 something. So the, the, Odegaard is much more than a ten million pound, eight, eight or seven million pound better player than Willock. That's a magnificent deal. And we all bitched and moaned, and I was as guilty as anybody. Why haven't we bought anyone yet? Well, because at the beginning of the transfer window, Real Madrid wanted what was it, sixty million for Odegaard? Mm-hmm. And as the, the, the preseason went on with Real Madrid, and we saw the penalty taking thing with Real Madrid, where they were cheering each other's penalties, and then Odegaard scored his, and there was silence. I think there might be some skullduggery with the audio going on with that. But then you could just see, and then that things were not working out at Real Madrid. The reason why Odegaard signed for Real Madrid is because Dan was his uh, his hero as a young man growing up in Norway and his family went and met Real Madrid and Zidane said, you come and sign for us. So he did. And then Zidane's gone. And then you got the new, is it Ancelotti? He's the new Real mm-hmm. Madrid manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, not exactly known for his love of quality um, passing and all that kind of stuff from, from midfield, from that kind of player. Uh, so I mean he's, he's probably going to win the league this season because all the rest are rubbish but just doing little deals like that this is why none of us run a club Carl because we don't know what the fuck we're talking about or what we're doing <laughs> we'd, we'd have gone and paid they'd have gone in the olden days they'd have gone how much is uh, Odegaard 60 we'll give you 80 uh, uh, we'll just get it done yeah Ralph and Nelly would have offered them 80 and they'd have got 40 40 would have gone missing allegedly <laughs> apparently and then I was moaning about Ramsdale because I wanted it to go in the order of attacking midfielder right back maybe a central midfielder and then a goalkeeper he did it in the wrong order but they did it in the they got it done in the end and Tommy Ashu I'd never even heard of him I mean I, lo- I love to have a Japanese player at the club because uh, I, I do like I like Japan I think it's a very nice place yeah. I watch it a lot on uh, on Twitch and then, so in the end, it all got done, Carl. All we needed to do was hashtag patience. As always, but as you know, this is Arsenal and Arsenal fans. I'm not really known for their patience, are they? Oh, we are now. We're all, we're, all, we're all patient. It's been worth the wait and everything's good again. We're on the up, Carl. Uh, let's see if uh, after we play Brian on Saturday, if, uh, we still got our patience. <laughs> um, which our Josh will be at that game. Uh, Josh, you've got split loyalties. Who are you cheering for, Arsenal or uh, Brighton? Uh, I will cheer when Arsenal score and moan at Arsenal when they concede. We'll put it that way. How's how's it going to go? Do you think? Being the uh, you've got your foot in both camps, giving it a wiggle. I've only ever seen Arsenal lose at the Amex. Let's put it that way. Piss off. Um, but 
I mean, I've already broken my duck because I'd never seen Brighton lose at the Amex for 48 games that I'd been there, uh, but then they lost to Everton, so that's already broken. So, yeah, bring on the loss for the Brighton. I'm very happy to see a loss, and I will hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll see one of our uh, most mysterious member of ABW, potentially, at that game. <sighs> Mystery Jeff. Mystery Jeff. He will Look, be we've there. Got, we've got a new... A new how would you say that? Nudran, been listening to your podcast for a while. Nice to see the faces behind the voices. Keep up the good job, guys. Someone said to me they when they 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 saw pictures of me, and then when they spoke to me, they went, "That's not your voice." And like Sean says, I sound like a gay with a cold, but I look like a monster. <laughs> so it's very misleading. People that you would not think this voice matches this manly physique, would you? I think it would now. You've got a you know, kind of a softly uh, shaved head and you've got a nice glow on you as well. You're straight to revenge with you. It's just the Arsenal win. Like, I had Arsenal yeah. lose. He would be like firing brimstone all over his face. <laughs> no, we wouldn't be here, Carl, if we haven't won. Because <laughs> oh, we're glory no, we hunters. We've only we turned up if we won. We would have been here if we'd lost as well. Oh, we would have been here. It was only a draw. Yeah. It's only a draw. We would have six million viewers. Um, right, last two questions quickly. Um, Ted Avon, sorry, Avon Ted, I should say, and this is for Josh quickly. Um, should we stick with four three two four two three one? Sorry, I think we should. Yeah, I think we should stick with uh, stick with that. Um, I don't see any reason not to. I think maybe we kind of see some interchanging with you know in in games where uh, maybe Partey's just the only holding one. We don't need to necessarily play Xhaka, and we see you know Pepe coming in for Xhaka. And see kind of uh, you know a line of four ahead of Partey instead. Uh, that could be another option for us. But I think yeah, what well, if this is what Arteta ball is going to be? Then by all means, let's stick with it. I mean, I saw a quote in um, in the comments on Twitter, and I'm trying to find it. Someone said that uh, Arteta on um, Jacques' injury, he said that it doesn't look uh, like it's a good one or early on. Um, so he could be out for uh, a little bit of time. He could probably rule him out of the Brighton game um, before we really That's it. Really, that's what I said it. So I just found it. Um, he said, uh, unfortunately, he got injured and I'm pretty worried because it doesn't look very positive at the moment. So, you know, without even a scan or anything like that, if a manager comes out straight away and says it doesn't look good, it's, um, you can normally tell. So I'm assuming that for the Brighton game, you're going to have sort of Nakonga come straight back into the squad to replace uh, Granit Xhaka. But, you know, it's um, part of the cause. Like I said, we're not always going to have our first 11 available. And this is the reason why football is a squad game. It's the reason why we have more than 11 players uh, on the football pitch. So, you know, we do wish Xhaka uh, a speedy recovery and we do want him back and hopefully he can come back and, you know, play as well as he did today. Uh, look at look what Naz has put, Carl. He's, Naz has got Chris summed up. <laughs> I, I, I will say I sent the link for this show to three members of ABW. Uh, Danny, Carl obviously joined, and yes, the other one was Chris. Uh, they all had an opportunity to be on this show today, and you can see where uh, where people's loyalties lay. And for those... Uh, it would have been... In the fu- Go on, Carl. Sorry about that. No, I was going to say, it would have been an emergency podcast too if uh, <laughs> we had lost today. Bugaloo. 
For those at home, on the toilet and in the bath, Naz Osman has put, if we would have lost, Chris would have been here. Yes, Naz, you smell what Chris is cooking. Cyan Vesh, did you guys get time to eat sandwiches? Did anyone know what that's from? It's Lee Gunner no. complaining that he works 24-7. He doesn't even take the time to eat a manky sandwich. You know what? Uh, oh, you know what I did? Was I, watched, I ate my dinner while the game was going on. So, so uh, yeah, so you know, you can multitask um, if you've got the brain capacity. Uh, which, obviously, some Arsenal fans are lacking. But, yes, you know, absolutely. We'll remain nameless. Um, last question, and this is from Brent Bamenberg. Uh Ramsdale, is it the last we've seen of Leno? Oh, I uh, think so. I Leeds. Think. In the League Cup. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, he'll play League Cup, and depending on who we get in the FA Cup as well, um, there's that as well, but you know, it did make me laugh that the German manager was in, in the stands today and Leno was the only German football player on who in both squads. So I think he just came to watch the North London Derby, to be honest, because obviously, obviously he's going to have a word if... So I go on, Danny. No, you were breathing. You do what Josh does. You breathe between words. I don't breathe. I was going to say, Leno can't go in January, even if he's not number one in him, which he's obviously not number one, um, because we don't... Oh, God, bloody hiccups. Um, because the only backup goalkeepers we've got, we've got um, Hein, who, who's pretty mm-hmm. decent, and we've got Arthur, who's shown he's not good enough. And uh, Gunner Gunner, the Gunner Gunnarsson, has buggered off to Belgium on loan. <laughs> and so do you think we'd have to get another goalkeeper in? Because Leno isn't going to be happy to stay on the bench and be back up to Ramsdale. I know it's good to have um, goalkeepers competing, but Ramsdale's come in. He's put his beach down on the towel. No, his towel <laughs> down on the beach. He's put, he's put a load of sand on his towel and gone, no, yeah, I am number one. I think um, wow. I think if there was a uh, a competition at the end of this season, so obviously the World Cup um, is going to be mm. next year, but if I think if there was a competition this season, then Leno would definitely be pushing for a move in January. Because um, yeah. there's a reason, there must be a reason why the German manager come to see yeah, there has to be a word, so he must be saying, Look, you need to start well, playing games. A, yeah, he was at the Brentford game, wasn't he? The week before, maybe mm. he's just taken in football because he's bored. I mean, what do national team managers actually do? Pick when, exa- yeah, exactly. When, <laughs> when there's no international break, what do you just do? You just go around and watch good football games, don't you? And uh, obviously, went yeah. down to Brentford. Um, to see them play Liverpool. He's been at some decent games, to be fair. I think maybe he should turn up every week uh, if we're going to play but, like that. But uh, I guess that there must be a reason why he's come to see mm-hmm. Leno and Leno's not starting. So surely, you know, he met him after the game because not going to come yeah. and just leave. He's going to see him after the game mm-hmm. and say, look, you know, Let's have sausage. Um, yeah. he needs to, you need to start playing. Um, Neuer's not going to be, you know, around just Neuer, probably the World Cup will be his last competition, to be honest. So, and then you've got, then you've got Ter Stegen in, ahead of him as well. So maybe actually mm. this was a perfect thing for uh, Hansi Flick to watch was Leno sitting on the bench and seeing how he performed because that's what he'll be doing for Germany in the national yeah. team. <laughs> Another question there for you, Carl, from Naz. <laughs> um, from Naz Osman, and he says, uh, Kieran Tierney seems to be struggling at the end. Does, does that seem to trouble you, Josh? Um, this is about the second 
So he went down today, but that was with a cramp. I can probably say, or maybe a gamesmanship. But he came off during the game um, against Burnley, didn't he? I'm sure he did. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it is slightly worrying. I think t- for me, to be honest, KT needs, needs to maybe have a bit of a rest anyway. He did, he has looked jaded, I think, since the start of the season. Um, so, yeah, I think now that we've got a decent backup in Tavares to play, I think that's that's one option we've got there. Obviously, slipping into uh, a back three style, especially when we've got uh, Smith Rowe, who's going to cut inside and give the space to a fullback that wants to go forward. I think it's certainly an option there. And, yeah, the more we progress in all competitions that we're in, the more chances we've get got for Tierney to get rests and obviously he's not going to be playing every week now. So I think there's certainly some opportunities there for Tierney to, if he needs time out to get it and rather than it be enforced through injury that we can kind of, you know, not play him through the pain in that regard. But I did want to just add something on Leno as well, that Leno's on his last year of his contract as well. Um, so if he did go in January, we'll get a fee for him and that's it's not necessarily way, a problem. Yeah, that's not a problem for I don't think for us. Uh, so we, plan. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to look for a backup anyway in the next. Can uh, we still in, sign Onana? Uh, What's says? his name? Uh, we could do. Uh, I don't think he left Ajax no, in the no. end because no, I think he was. Um, I think he was too busy demanding stuff, and I think Onana would come in and demand some game time so he could get ready mm. for the Cup of Nations. True. I mean, it's depending on how badly I just want to get rid of him if we do sell Leno in the summer sorry in the um, January transfer window and even if we got 12 maybe 15 million for him if we reinvested that back in Onana um, obviously it's, it's pointless because like you said he'd be gone for the African Cup of Nations but um, would it be healthy competition to have Onana and Ramsdale because how you, you're going to know that one of those is going to be upset that they're not starting. Like I said, you don't pay 24 million to put Ramsdale on the bench, and Onana's definitely not coming in to be anybody's backup. So, you know, is it is that good healthy competition, or do we need a, a goalkeeper who, when we buy them, we literally say to them, you are going to be number one? Doesn't mean you're not going to get opportunities, but, you know, we have an established number one, which is Alan Ramsdale but you will have to play your way into um, in China, play your way into yeah. the squad. Yeah, I think it's competition of places is what we need. And Danny, sorry, you're going to say what Glenn... No, I'm saying someone put, um, does Leno's contract expire in two years? It does, June 2023, apparently. Oh, I thought it was... Yeah. Just, I thought it was this year as well, I mean, next mm. summer as well. So that's why next right. summer, which we'll say, we'll probably get a fee for him. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he means 2023. Yeah. Yes. Got, and there's another question in there for you, Carl. Uh, from Neil Gillespie, he says, do we need a new striker in January as the rumours that will send, uh, that will sell and replace Laka? Uh, I don't think we're going to sell Laka in January. I think Laka Zet will stay to the end of his contract, yeah. probably go back to France um, and get a huge signing-on fee as seems to be the the norm with football players now, which I don't wrong them. Listen, you play football for a short period of time and you get all the money that you can. So, um, like I said, it's been nothing more than professional um, in all this time playing for Arsenal. 
and it's you know you never really see him in the newspapers come out chatting nonsense about he wants more game time nothing ever leaks to the press so you know I think it's kind of well known that he is going to leave at the end of the at the end of the the year oh, sorry the end of his contract and good luck to him he's been a you know he's been a good player for Arsenal he's not been brilliant he's not been bad he's just been a striker that you know he's had injury worries and he's sorry he's had injury worries and he's you know sometimes his finishing has not been the best but you know some of the good things that have come out of Lacazette being there is the partnership with Aubameyang I think those two you can tell their friends on and off the pitch and they've had and they did have a very good partnership but no I don't think we're going to need to replace him but I don't think we'll replace him in January that's for sure I can't see that happening Yeah, uh, I think I could, I'd agree with uh, Lacquer as well. I think the player we try and shift that's on his last uh, year is going to be Enketia in January. I think that's the one. Or sign him to a new deal. It's the only two options I think we really have. Um, oh, I was going to say, because, uh, you know, we, we say to people, you can swear as much as you want in here, but uh, the last couple of shows we've had a couple of hate raids. And so we've had to turn on the moderation thing. And so poor old Pete Colton has been swearing like a sailor and none of his, none of his questions <laughs> have been coming through because we have to go to the actual YouTube feed and then click uh, on accept it. So he's, um, oh. he did ask some, he said, uh, Martial seems to be a target. Um, no, I don't want Martial. No, no definitely not. And I think there okay. might have been another question from him. He, oh, he's one of them. He said, can we have some, uh, I don't know why I'm just talking. I was just see. can we have more ABW after game goodness? Well, if they, if they promise to be good, Josh, then, uh, then maybe. And if I can watch all the games, cause it seems it's really, uh, yeah. Is it really, I don't know. Depends if I'm available. It depends who else is available as well. That's the problem with us is we're all flaky as fuck. And that's North London Derby. Just Chris, we need to just lie, just lie to Chris and just say, oh, Chris, there's a bit of French football in the Premier League and he'll probably watch it, but you'll see good <laughs> football and realise it's not the French uh, league, which is the fifth best league in the world, I believe. Uh, it was sixth because Portugal oh, okay. lost to midweek and then France won some games and now it's back. But it's, it's basically, it's, it's a real competition between uh, Portugal and uh, France. Uh, who's got the fifth best league in the world and obviously we're top because um, you know French players you know we did all of that performance with that single French player <laughs> Logan puts ABW the Frere Rocher of podcasts we're spoiled if we're Raj would eat us well if he ever turned up he's not been the same since he became a lord and Ellis Ellis hasn't turned <laughs> up since he became a lord either no right. I was going to ask was there anything else we're going to cover or we're going to take our smugness back to Twitter and just wind up some Spurs fans. Oh, well, of course. I mean, we'll probably cover the Spurs game more in depth and more questions in the midweek podcast, which we'll sort out who's going to be on. Yeah, Danny, who's on? Chris won't be on it because we won. He's not interested in it. John will be sobering up. Uh, Femi, (laughs) hopefully, because he was there. Um, Apart from uh, Femi on his own at the moment, I don't know. Cool. Well, there we go, people. You can uh, enjoy Femi on his own doing a uh, soliloquy <laughs> about Grand Wonderland edition. Um, much Making like Chris in conversation with Chris, the uh, hidden episode. In our uh, chat, people, we have just put in a link there to the hybrid squad. They're currently live doing their post-game show, Sophie and Kev. 
because they they now own a 50% share of Josh and a 25% share of Chris, and we're in negotiations to take Ellis on a free transfer. <laughs> so if you can go and click on that link in the, in the YouTube chat, people, and go over there. I'm going to go over there now and go and say hello to them and say we sent them. Not that it really matters because they've got about 8,000 people watching them because they do this shit every week, come rain or shine. We just do it when we want a glory hunt, eh, Josh? Yep, that's exactly what we said. We were going to go um, win, lose, or not draw. Uh, that's, that's what made OBW come back together uh, in the North London derby. Um, Carl, do you have any last words for the wonderful listeners? Um, just a, one question I just want to sort of put to you, Josh. Mm. Um, what do you think of Tottenham? Shit. It's interesting. What? I have a question for you, Carl. What do you think of shit? Tottenham. Here we go. Danny? Yes? Shit, oh. Tottenham. Tottenham shit. <laughs> Fuck there you, Harry go. Kane. And Deli Ali, you're a mong. <laughs> I think I that's a say that. Yeah, I think he's, so. He, I think he's he got Mongolian um, citizenship because he can't play for England anymore because he's shit. There you go. <laughs> I think I got out of that one. Should I, I think quickly end got, the show, Josh? Uh, I think we should quickly end the show and say everybody should leave a like and subscribe uh, because who knows when we'll do one of these again. So you need to hit the bell icon and you'll know ABW are glory hunting again. And we'll, then we'll be back. Thank you and good night. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.